Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Mackenzie Lee is an artist from the Hunter Valley of New South Wales who last year attended the Junior Academy of Country Music in Tamworth. She has released two EPs and now has a powerful new single, Let My Love Drown. Hi, Mackenzie. Hello. (laughs) I'm going to start by asking you about what's behind you because I think to go on without talking about it uh, would be remiss of me. So you have some very impressive guitars. Which was the best one that you ever got? Um, That little one. In the corner, I don't oh, yeah. know. Yeah, you can see that one. That was my first guitar, proper guitar. I've had Barbie guitars and stuff over the years, but we didn't keep their ones. <laughs> and that we got that one, and eventually we upgraded to another one, but it's in the shop right now. But this is my latest one. I got that a couple of weeks ago, so I'm very happy with it. And so, what age did you get that little one in the corner? Oh, like uh, eleven year year old, I think. Okay. Around that time. So you mentioned Barbie guitars. Um, do you think it was Barbie guitars that set you on the path to being um, a guitarist? Yeah, I've always loved guitars. Barbie was also one of my loves. So Barbie guitar, and I had guitars that didn't even have strings on them. So right. So so do you even have a memory of like the first time you might have seen a guitar and thought, yeah, I want to do that? No, I think I've always just had a guitar in the room. I remember. We had this guitar and my grandfather would just, he doesn't know how to play, but he would just strum it. And I would not let him play that one without me. I would not go to the baby one. I would have that big one. Right. Probably which had steel strings, which ripped up your tiny little fingers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the memories. Yeah. Right. So is anyone in your family musical? Not really. My mum, she taught me the basics of guitar. And then eventually I went past her in it and I went further and she doesn't really like playing the guitar. She oh, likes having long nails and stuff. So, and then she brought this bass back here to try and learn. Mm-hmm. And she plays with me sometimes. So it's always good to have somebody to play with. So she's come around to four strings, but six strings were a bit. Yeah, it was too oh, many. Right. <laughs> so then, I mean, so I suppose therefore your passion for music came a little bit out of the blue, probably for your parents, um, thinking, who is this child who loves guitar so much? No, um, my family's always been big country music fans. I've grown up on it. They've grown up on it. My mum is actually originally from Tamworth, the big country uh-huh. music capital. So it's always just been something that I've wanted to do. I've always just thought, I'm going to be a singer. That's exactly what I'm going to do because I'd sing along to everything. <laughs> yeah, right. So it was actually singing was your first interest rather that than was, guitar. That was the first thing. The guitar came a little bit later. Okay. So did you take up guitar as a means to perform songs? Like as a singer, you thought, well, uh, yeah, it'd be really cool if I could actually accompany myself. Yeah, that was um, one of the reasons. But my grandmother, she's um, always my biggest supporter. We hang out all the time and stuff. And she would give get me a guitar for my birthday, the cheap ones, and she finally sat me down got that guitar for me and said, you have to learn the guitar because I can't just keep giving you a guitar that you don't play. And I was like, okay. And then we sat down and I remember finding this Keith Urban little guitar thing and mm-hmm. learnt some chords and started there. Yeah. So how long was it before you were accompanying yourself on guitar to sing? I mean. 
well, quite a while, but I didn't actually start singing in public until I could play the guitar. Right. So right. I didn't really play anywhere, but one of my first gigs was West Wall's End. There was a club there, and I went up there on an open mic and got my little guitar and messed up so bad, but it was the first thing to do, and it got me encouragement and stuff. Yeah, right. So obviously it didn't put you off if you felt that you messed up badly. No, nah, I've gotten better. I used to just stop and have a whole blank and stop playing. And now I, when I mess up, no one's going to know. Yeah, right. So West Falls End is uh, in Newcastle, um, which is adjacent to the Hunter Valley. I'm never sure if Newcastle counts as part of the Hunter Valley, and I think people in Newcastle don't agree on that either. Um, I don't actually know. I just say Hunter Valley around Newcastle because I don't know how people would think about that, where yeah. it is. Easier to locate if I give surroundings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course, being in the Hunter Valley, you are not too far from Tamworth. The New England no. Highway goes through both. Um, and that's my uh, way to introduce the subject of the Academy because the Academy of Country Music is in Tamworth and you were there in the middle of last year. So how was it? It was amazing. My first time there and before that I hadn't really known many people. I knew Lynn a little bit and then I got to meet all these fantastic artists. Like I got to write a song with Max Jackson and had David Carter as a mentor. But it also gave me a lot of music friends that I didn't really have because I didn't know any other people that could play an instrument or sing. So it was really good to meet people that I could play with and gig with. So Lynn is Lynn Botel, who's the director of the Academy, and yes. I uh, was lucky enough to be invited by Lynn to see half an hour of rehearsal for your Academy graduation concert, at which I was so impressed by her attention to detail in order, like remembering things. Sort of at the end of a song, she'd stand up and say, "Right now, in that second bar of the second verse, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were doing X, Y, Z." I think, how does she keep all of this in her head? She's extraordinary. Yeah, she's. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so that concert I also attended yeah. and I could not believe that you all created that because uh, you'd been at Academy only for a week and I saw rehearsal, I think, you know, on the Thursday night you had uh, you had the, the, the concert on the Saturday and yeah. on the Thursday night everyone was looking a little scared, a bit unsure, <laughs> and then by Saturday you all looked like you were to the manor born. So was it a case of pressure being on for that performance and you all just thought, right, we just got to hit it? Yeah, I think so. A lot of nerves dwindled when we got the hang of it and knew what we had to do and where we had to go. But for me, I always found singing in front of a big audience better because there's less judgments. You just look around more. The smaller the crowd, the harder it is for me to sing in front of people. So it uh, just depends on the person, I think. I think it's also um, there's more energy coming back with the more yeah. people who are in the room. So I think for a performer, that's that's a big part of it. It's not something you can measure. It's it's like this weird equation that happens. But, yeah, the more people, the more there's this return. That yeah. It's easier to play when you've got something to feed off and throw back at them. Yeah. So you said you wrote a song with Max Jackson at Academy. Had you written with people before that? Um, no, actually, I don't believe so. Max Jackson was the first artist I'd collaborated with and she was amazing to work with. She was just throwing things out and I'm going, oh, you have an amazing mind, but we wrote that song and I'm very proud of that song. And you should say Max Jackson was the 2022 Toyota Starmaker winner, so you were in very, very good company there. Uh, but I also 
just knowing that you have songwriting to do at Academy in addition to everything else, it's 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 a lot of pressure. But I guess <laughs> you wouldn't go to Academy unless you kind of either liked the pressure or felt that you could manage it. Yeah, they were long days and they jammed all the information in, but I think we all come out of that a lot more brave and knowing that we could do it because we got to do it and practice and work with people that were in the business and had been around for a while. Yeah. So um, by the time you got to Academy, you'd already had two EPs out. Now I need to point out at this stage that you are 17 at the time we're yes. speaking. So <laughs> by the time you went to Academy in the middle of last year, you'd already had two EPs out. I'm wondering why you felt Academy was right for you at that stage and, and perhaps not earlier because people do go younger than 17, yeah. 16. Well, I actually won the first Macca's Golden Geek and I was the overall winner, so I got to go to the Academy for free and that was like a little scholarship thing, so I got to go there and I think that was the reason we went, but I think I want to do the Senior Academy when I can and it's just got me really into it. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about Macca's Golden Gig because I have heard of this competition but I don't know all the ins and outs of it. Well, it runs over a few days during the festival you got sub-junior and junior. You have to be less 17 and younger. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was the first year it ran, the day I went up, and Lynn was actually a judge for that. So that's how we kind of met. And, yeah, there was heaps of other people in it, Lane Pittman and Jamie Preston, they were all in it. Mm-hmm. It was just a little competition. Yeah. Which is pretty fantastic to win it, I would yeah, think. It was. Just, even without the prize. It's... Yeah, it was really good because the next year we went up to Tamworth, I actually got to go on the Toyota stage to sing two songs because I was the Macca's Golden Gig winner. And that was very good. That was a big crowd. I was very proud of myself for getting up there. <laughs> Did you enjoy it in front of a big crowd or was it quite nerve-wracking or both? I loved it. It was nerve-wracking until I got up there and started singing. That's how it just feels. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you're a born festival performer, that means. I love the festival. It's everything's country there and I love country music. It's just something I want to do and being able to play in front of people who also love country music really helps the way I perform, I think. <laughs> so who do you think are the artists who have most have been most influential on you as an artist? Well, because I did grow up on country music, there's the old ones, Patsy Cline, Waylon Jennings, they've influenced me. And I do love Australian artists, Becky Cole, Casey Chambers, but I think my music is mostly influenced by American artists. Mm-hmm. And newer ones, Lenny Wilson and Jelly Roll, they're really influencing the way I write, I think. That's coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in which, in which respect, sort of the, the themes they address or their style of writing or just the way they approach subject matter? I think both lyrically and the sound, the music behind it. A lot of Australian musics are different to American and I don't know how to put that into words but I can just tell, I guess. <laughs> no, I get it. It is hard to put into words because music yeah. is very hard to capture that way. So. <laughs> Given that you've had two EPs out before you got to Academy, at which age did you release that first EP? I think I was 14 right. when I released that first one. That's Well, that's a high production, right, because you got two, two out pretty yeah. quickly. That was 
yeah, I recorded both EPs with Bill Chambers and he was a really nice bloke. He helped me a lot with it. <laughs> How did you come to work with Bill? Well, I was doing a um, guest thing for a friend of mine, Sandy Louise. She was doing a album launch and I got to play for her and he was there because he had actually recorded her album mm-hmm. and he come up to me after I was done singing, handed me a little thing with his number on it and said, give me a call, I think you've got it and rest is history. Yeah, right. <laughs> so at that time, obviously you needed to have songs to record with, yeah. and so that it's all very well to have an opportunity, but you, to make the most of it, you have to have basically yeah. before that. So how many songs, oh, I should actually say or ask, at what age did you start writing songs? I started writing songs when I was about 12, 13, mm-hmm. after I was done learning guitar, well, never done learning, but guitar and singing, I thought I was seeing a lot of artists playing their own songs and I was like, I think I need to do that if I want to be my own artist. So my nan actually helped me buy some song book learning stuff and we read through all those, some YouTube things. And my first couple of songs were not that good, <laughs> but it was a stepping stone and I think it's really helped the way I write now. <laughs> well, and of course, you know, of course they weren't going to be very good because they were your first ones, but I think yeah. the key is is in the fact that you weren't deterred. You basically went, okay, I'm just going yeah. to keep going here. They were good at the time for me, but... Now that I look back at them, I go, no, they weren't that good because I think the ones I write now are better. Right. So when uh, when you decided to do an EP with Bill, did you take a whole lot of songs with you and he chose which ones would be recorded? Yeah, we actually got his number and sent him through a lot of the demos of our my songs and he helped pick them, but I think overall mum and Nan helped me pick those songs because they were hearing them all the time and whatever ones that stuck, I guess, worked better. So we picked the ones that we did. Yeah, that's yeah. not the method at all, actually, the ones that stuck for them. So the, yeah. obviously the ones that they found the most memorable or that they connected with the most. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was not Bill Chambers who produced Let My Love Drown. It was Simon Johnson. Um, oh, but uh, So how did you come to work with Simon? Well, I won the Brand New Star competition and one of the prizes was I got to record a song with Simon Johnson. All right. And we did Let My Love Drown and I'm actually record, I've actually recorded a second song that I'm hoping to release later in the year. Okay. And so what is the story behind Let My Love Drown? What's the story behind the song, rather? Well, being how young I am, I don't have many experiences that I write about, but I sat down to watch this movie that I can't even tell you the name of now but I remember thinking let my love drown so I picked up a guitar sat down and the lyrics just flowed right out and I was looking to write a heartache song that wasn't slow it was more upbeat Mm -hmm. so it the first time I wrote the song it didn't work out because I was going very morbid and sad so we I changed it to major key and I feel like it's a bit better (laughs) Do you think you tend to write more in major keys than minor keys? Um, I guess it depends how I feel because sometimes I like to write sad songs, sometimes I like to just write a sad song in a major key, but just whatever lick or melody I've tried in that moment is what I write off. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular method for writing songs or do you tend to just 
go with whatever the song dictates, I guess, like what, what that's, whether the song comes out quickly or comes out slowly. Um, yeah, I come up with a line, one line, whether it be a chorus or a verse, and I don't like going further till I've figured out a melody for the guitar and the way I want to go with it. Otherwise, I'm stuck for the rest of the song. And I guess it's easier for me to do it that way. And if they don't come quick enough, then I like to take a little break. Otherwise, they don't turn out the way I wanted them to. <laughs> it is good to let the brain have a break, I think, to give it time yeah. to work on things. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of your previous singles was called Like a Bull Rider. So I'm wondering if you spent a bit of time around bull riders or bull riding. Um, no, I could say I've only been to two rodeos in my life, but I love watching country movies and seen a lot of bull riding movies. So I thought, why not give this a crack and write a bull riding song just to get some cowboy fans and stuff? And I think that worked. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> So you've had people turning up to your shows who are like, I've heard that song, I've come to see you. Yeah, a couple of people actually. Right. Now I did notice on your Instagram bio that you refer to yourself as the girl on the cap and you are wearing a cap. So at what age did you start wearing a cap for your shows? Um, uh, it wasn't too long ago, maybe two years ago, three years ago, and I felt more comfortable in a hat than I did without it and it's just me now. I can't even put it into words. I don't like going anywhere without a hat, even when I'm not performing. So it's always on my head. You don't see me without it. Well, it does make for easy um, maintenance, I guess, for your hair. If you're just thinking, I don't want to be bothered. Yeah, it don't have to be much at all. <laughs> now, you are studying sound production at TAFE. Um, I'm wondering if that's helped you as an artist uh, just in terms of understanding various things or whether you, it's actually just to add another string to your bow, so to speak. Well, I actually finished my sound production course halfway through last year. I finished oh. Cert 3 and I've taken a break from that and I'm focusing more on performance. But I would like to go back and do Cert 4 and get diplomas in it because I, one day I would like to actually record my own music and produce oh, it myself. Wow. So that's something I'm working towards. <laughs> Which is fantastic. So um, in doing that course, is it the sort of thing where you could also become a sound engineer or is it mainly geared towards producing? It was both, actually. They did two different things. There was like four different teachers and we did live sound engineering and setting up and putting down and other times we were in the studios doing producing. So fantastic. do both. <laughs> um, all really useful skills anyway for you as a performer. Yeah. It really helped me with setting up my own gear for my own performances because I found after that, I was like, oh, my God, I sound so much better now. And it worked a lot. And uh, have you taken to making your own pedals yet? No, I haven't got there yet. I don't use any pedals. Yeah, all right. I'm going to have to research them. Yeah, right. So looking ahead, so you've released this single and obviously you're pretty productive given the pace at which you've released songs in the past and you said you've recorded another one with Simon. Are you already thinking about what's beyond that? Well, I know I want to head to Nashville one day and I actually want to do touring, but for now it's not there yet and I'm working towards being able to travel around Australia, get to do gigs in all the little places. I do travel pretty far from home to little small towns. They're very enjoyable, but a lot of them are local, so mm -hmm. one day I would like to expand a bit. 
when you get to a small town oh. where you don't know anyone, is it? Do you sort of love the challenge of going to play to a crowd that you don't know, or is it a bit like, oh, I wonder what to expect here? Um, a bit of both, because I'm a bit nervous when I walk into these pubs and go, oh, I wonder if they're going to like me in here. And then I get up, and after that first set, we're all good, and I get <laughs> chatting with everybody, and works out. <laughs> <laughs> So given how supportive your mum and grandma have been of your music, do they come and see you play quite often? Um, yeah, my family come and support me a lot. And my mum's actually my mummager, as she calls herself. She helps me with gigs and bookings. She's always there, my dad. And my family come and watch me, support me. I really wouldn't be where I am without them. <laughs> I love it you have a mummager. Yeah. <laughs> She's got this. It sounds like shirt. she may well enjoy the title, like you know. Yeah, but also, you get the sense that mum's probably not a very like interfering momager. No, she's um social media side of it, and she helps me get the gigs. But she also does help me lug all the gear to gigs. Oh, so wow. she's she's really everything. She's roadie momager. <laughs> she's a roadie momager. <laughs> well, so yeah, social media is such a big part of what you have to think about these days and it is a separate skill set so uh, I, I do think for artists is that there's a lot uh, there's a lot going on yeah social media is um pretty hard to understand and get working so don't know when to post or when not to post but we're slowly working it out yeah well it sounds like uh, hopefully one day you'll head to the senior academy but um the junior academy stood you in very good stead so uh, and look the song is fantastic you have an extraordinary voice i've got to say Thank so I, I don't know whether you have worked on the tone or whether this is just the voice that came out when you started singing that's i've always sounded like that right well you, you must you must be loving yourself sick about that i would if i had that voice yeah um I did a couple of singing lessons with Lynn last year okay. and she actually helped me with my diction because that sucked so bad before then. But now I'm more focused on getting the words out. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's a normal thing to have to work on. And Lynn is so articulate in her song. So she's a perfect yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Kenzie, it's a fantastic song. Um, I'm in awe of your of your work rate as a young artist. I think it's fantastic. So uh, lovely to meet you and to talk about the song and your career. And I'm sure we'll be hearing more for you in future. It was lovely chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.